everybody. Welcome back to the Knoll Sports Podcast here at Jack Williams and Essen Kassam. And we are back in action for the first episode of 2024. We are now into, po- uh, not postseason football, but off-season football now. Winter sports are in full swing now. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a whole different feel now, including the way rosters look as well, too. <laughs> Would you say so, Essen? Yeah, I mean, I think we know there's no games being played, but there's no off-season in football. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you sent me a text message on Monday. Um, Florida State landed like their what fiftieth billion um, transfer <laughs> commitment of the weekend, and you said um, I can't remember exactly what you like. This is getting crazy. I'm like, yeah, it was yep. getting ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just turned into like, oh, one kid's here, and then SM was like, you want me to get this? I'm like, sure. And then before you know it, by like time Tuesday rolls around, we have seven <laughs> different stories on transfers committing to FSU and coming to FSU. And I don't know if that's if FSU takes just like, you know, we're just going to overload these onto these two days or wants to, I don't know if that's the original plan to just be like, here's everything at once, but it was, it's still chaotic. We're still having to write these stories to this minute at like, like 10 minutes ago, we just finished another story about a transfer coming in, which we'll get into all that fun stuff later, but it's, like Essen said, there really isn't no off season when you're covering college football at all. No, I mean, um, I think last time we spoke to you guys, last time we did a podcast, the preview of the Orange Bowl. Um, we're not going to talk about that <laughs> game. Um, I mean, one thing I'll say about that game is, you know, that, that was a really, really bad, embarrassing loss. Yes, even with opt outs, even with all that, mm-hmm. you don't like it was bad to see a sixty three loss, sixty three three loss. You know, either way, um, but. At least the weather in Miami was good. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that's a good thing to take out of it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot nicer than where I was in Chicago. So, I mean, you had that, you had the nice weather. It's, it's always, also better than when it is in Chicago currently. It um, is. It, it's always, and it's, it's, it's always nice to travel for work, too. So, I mean, there's yeah. buses to take out of it. Some, not Some, a lot. No, but, as um, I told Jack, um, I am tired of driving. Um, <laughs> drove to Miami. Obviously, everywhere in Miami, you got to drive somewhere. Um, got back, was home for like two days, and went to go see my parents in Tuscaloosa, and drove back. So, I'm overdriving, but that's this is not what we're. This is not no, we're not talking about where we are. We are we are soundly settled in Tallahassee as news continues to break here through the transfer portal, out of the transfer portal, and players coming back from being in the transfer world. DJ Lundy is returning after originally committing to Colorado. He's now back at Florida State, and this is huge for the linebacker room. Yeah, no, I think it was sometime in December, I can't remember, when he entered the portal. The rumors were about NIL. Um, you know, We obviously don't have concrete details on that, so we're not going to get into that, but that's what the rumors were. Mm-hmm. He was taking more NIL money than um, the two former linebackers, Tatum Bethune and um, Kalen Deloach, were seeking. Um, we don't know the truth of that. You know, we're just speaking, like, but... He was looking to go um, – he committed to Colorado on Christmas. So the same day Tate Rodemaker um, decided to opt out of the game Christmas Day. It's trauma, but yes. <laughs> yes. No, um, speaking of driving, I was um, I was driving six and a half hours into my seven and a half hour whatever drive it is to South Florida. Almost there, yeah. Almost there, an hour away. I had to stop at the Fort Pierce um, rest stop. Um, and I sent, you know, messages and tried to get confirmation on this and whatever. Um, because Jack sent me a text message. He's like, are you handling a Tate news or should I? I'm like, what Tate news? You're like, what Tate news? And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and I I'm, I remember I was sitting on – I was back in home in Chicago and I was sitting on my par- the couch in my parents' house like writing like st- – 
panic writing the story up and my and I was still in my pajamas and stuff like that because it was Christmas morning and um uh sitting there in my pajamas writing all this up and then my parents come up to me like fully dressed in their nice clothes ready to go to my grandparents house and they come up to me and they're like meet and like do you want me to there i'm like yeah i'm like i can't leave right now and i took my i even ended up taking my laptop to like family christmas because i'm like i don't i'm like i don't want to risk anything i don't know what's going to happen i'm taking my computer with me on christmas day to my grandparents house so that was that was interesting and his old self uh, its own self and we'll talk to talk a little bit about that later that's something else too but yeah dj lundy <laughs> yeah no so like um, yeah just feeds the point that this I don't think people appreciate – like, I'm not trying to say, like, you know, we're underappreciated. Like, I'm not trying to say that, but I don't think people understand how much this job requires. Like, you know it, – it, It's fatiguing. <laughs> it's fatiguing. Like, you know, um, you cannot turn this beat off at any time. But we enjoy doing it because it's fun, you know. So we're covering sports for a living. I'm not complaining about that. Right. But um, back to DJ Lundy. You know, um, he entered the portal – Christmas, um, you know, he committed to Colorado. He was on a visit to Colorado, to so Boulder, Colorado, this past weekend. And um, today, he, um, you know, we got the on three report, 247, and he went out and confirmed it. Said, yes, I'm coming back forever and all, which is great, you know. DJ Lundy is, it's in a room that needs help, like, that has a lot of young players, young, talented players, you know, Blake Nicholson mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Justin Cryer, who are two talented players, but have little to no experience right um you know omar graham's in that room you got a few good really good players who are promising but you don't have that veteran leadership the players in the porter portal like are not as interesting uh florida state just for whatever reason is not doing well in high school recruiting and when it comes to linebackers and the portal players have not been there or that they wanted or they're not being able to get the ones they want mm-hmm. so it's a major major addition it's still a um room that you know is going to be Florida State's weakness this year, probably. Unless uh-huh. they add some serious talent. But, um, yeah. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the linebacker room is a really big concern, and it was a concern going into the offseason as well. Um, just the fact that, like Essence said, it's been very – It's in my opinion, it's like the I'm, – I'm not going to use the word worst, but like one of the lower recruited – places on the team you know you're seeing defensive backs coming in and out like wide receivers quarterbacks you know the defensive line we've seen a ton of guys four players added four on the defensive line you know even the offensive line you're seeing guys coming and we've just seen really just not much from the linebacker room and i remember we i wrote the story just breaking down what the defensive roster looks like right now and seeing that a redshirt sophomore was the only player that had the Year years experience wise in the program that was their oldest player at that moment. I was like, that's concerning in itself. Yes, there's some good pieces as Essen mentioned. I, I've been hearing a lot about Omar Graham from the from the players, and they talked a lot about him and what he can do. But the fact that when you have there was a point when Kalen Deloach was gone, Tatum Bethune was gone, and DJ Lundy was gone. That's all your veteranship just poof there. And yes, DJ Lundy's coming back, and that's a good depth piece to have. But at the same time, it's like. It's it's a good piece to have back, and it's huge for the linebacker room to come back. But this room, in my opinion, is still. I'll just go out there, and in my opinion, this room is still depleted. Like you don't, you have one guy, and like I think you need to go out and get, in my opinion, 
you got to get two more in my opinion because if somebody gets hurt and you're, and you're only going to have one behind there, that's still something else. And, yeah, there's the thing of the guys, the linebackers, the young ones there can develop and they could become someone good. We saw a lot of good things from Blake Nich- uh, Nicholson last year. Omar Graham's another guy too as well. That you know These are good developmental pieces there, but they aren't veteran pieces yet. And I think this is what that linebacker is lacking. Like, lacking. At the same time, I said the same thing last year where I was like, I think this room's lacking, but – you, at this, but this is very different than what it was last year as well because Kalen DeLoach came out last year and just dominated. Um, so this is a room that's very much um, – sorry, there's people yelling. A lot of commotion in the newsroom. Um, newsroom. Session is going on right now, so it's very chaotic. But anyway, <laughs> the linebacker room, it's good that Lundy's back, but there's still work to be done in my opinion. No, I think you do need to add more talent. Um, one name – I've heard that could be floated, and that's another guy that's under a ton of experience, and you're moving from, new experience, from a different position, but mm-hmm. um, has been floated on. Ashley Barker could move from um, safety to linebacker, but once again, that's a, you know, redshirt freshman who played limited snaps last year, didn't play a ton. He's have, talented as hell. You um, still have the task of you know, teaching a new position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh-huh. it's, it's still a room that needs a lot of um, help. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a... It's at least... You alleviate some of that concern, you know. Also, the fun thing about DJ Lundy is, you know, TD Lundy, four, um, five things, five career rushes, four yards, three touchdowns, one reception, two yards, touchdown. So, <laughs> Lundy TD or TD Lundy, I don't know, would you trademark something like that? But you know, I would buy a T-shirt. But um, yeah. but um, obviously, you got someone that has can make a presence elsewhere as well. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Um, is he a starter material, starting material, material even in the ACC? I don't know about that. It's a question mark. Um, Lund- so, Lundy? Yeah, Lundy. I mean, you might have to at this point. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, I think he will have to, yeah. but we'll see. Um, you know, it's a big win to get him back. It's a big win to get a player, veteran player with experience back anytime. So, great getting him um, along with, I think, we'll get to this, but um, by my math, Florida State might be one over in the scholarship count right now, which... I think it, I I think the numbers could get to ninety and obviously you could go like you know and then you have to cut back to eighty five or whatever it is the rule camera right now but you are fine right now there's gonna be more attrition when it comes to the spring because you're gonna see I don't know who right now but there's gonna be more players who are probably not FSU level or they're gonna see playing time elsewhere mm-hmm. or are gonna be like I'm gone like you know right. someone's gonna offer a bag in NIL and they're gonna leave in the portal so. There's still more attrition coming, so the number does not matter right now. We'll worry about that once we get to the spring. But, um, no, eight additions, you know, um, me and Jack have a transfer portal thing up. A little tracker. A little tracker, and if you guys need it, it's a very handy tool. I've had to, it got quiet for a bit, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, like with most stories that we write, too, they have their shelf life, and then they kind of... They get shelved even deeper. So I'm like, okay, well, I think it's time to shelf this. And all of a sudden, all these por- all these tr- uh, portal players come in. And so we had to kind of resurrect it from the dead. But it's up to date now. Um, yeah, so the transfer's in. I think we're at 10 total now, if that me- two, members three, correct. Four, five. Got Marvin six, Jones seven, Jr., eight, who was the first five, one from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Great addition. You know, um, I'm excited to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Legacy, player. Ta- ta- Legacy player. Legacy mm-hmm. player. Ton of talent. Um, you got DG, um, DJU. You know, coming in from um, Oregon State, former Clemson player, who's going to, you know, we talk about Tate Rodemaker. 
This is why he transferred. Right. Florida State was on the verge of adding either him or Cam Ward. Mm-hmm. And Tate saw the um, writing on the wall that he was not going to be a starter next year. And I don't blame him. You know, he put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into Florida State career. So um, good for him to get out. He's at Southern Miss now. Which, not to be disrespectful, that's where, you know, that's more where, of his- That's where he's going to be the starter. I didn't think realistically. I, I, don't, I didn't really see a situation... Florida State was going to go after a quarterback in the portal no matter what. I don't see Rodemaker as a starter at Florida State. No, I think um, I think if they attacked the portal and added somebody who is going to compete with him for the job, sure, he might stay. Mm-hmm. You give Brocklin a chance as well, um, you know, but when you go to a one-year player not <laughs> coming to back up, right, take yeah. Rodemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but going on Jalen Brown, the wide receiver from LSU, kind of like so. Those two were done pretty quickly. I think um, Marvin Jones Jr. was done before the well before the bowl game. He was, I think he was at FSU practices. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, DJU was done on New Year's Day. Yes, where I had to pull over on the highway. <laughs> My yes. turn to do that. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, a lot of pulling over in the highway. This is a, just a talk about our driving uh, episode. If you if you truly want an experience about what this beat is, it's <laughs> it's it's, it's it, that's a good part of you know the news breaks and you have to kind of truly stop what you're doing and get on top of it. So yeah, that's that was kind of part of it. Yeah. Then we got to um, this weekend where they hosted visitors. Um, this past weekend, yes. Um, Jalen Brown, from L- former LSU wide receiver, committed. Got Earl Little Jr., a freshman, a redshirt freshman defensive back from Alabama. You get second Nick Saban players. You know, it's a <laughs> uh, pretty significant. You got Grady Kelly from um, Colorado State, who committed on the spot when he talked to the media. We were not out there. No, know. no, yeah, but no, he was. I mean, yeah, he, he's a um, legacy, not legacy, but a panhandle player as well, out of um, Navarre High School. So. Um, right. Then you get um, Jalen Lucas, the brother of Ja'Kai Douglas, the yes. talented running back, who was going to be more pivotal, I think, in the um, return game. Absolutely. Um, you know, Florida State lost Keon Coleman, who returned punts. And I believe, um, who was returning kicks? Deuce Band is still here, but um, but it adds more dynamic to that room. Yeah. Than, you know, um, you got Devontae Brown from Miami, who is, I think, going to be a redshirt senior. Um, yeah. Really good player at UCF, struggled a little bit last year at Miami, but is a player my uh, Florida State clearly believes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Benson Jr. is a fast, fast, fast player from Alabama. Um, doesn't have a ton of stats, not a ton of production. Um, and then we got the two, um, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tumia, Tumiwa, Tamiwa, I think um, Christine told me how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Deroje, I'm sorry if I butchered this, he's from West Virginia. And Sion Lolohia Haya, um, from defensive lineman from um, Oregon State. I think um, the defensive end when you lost um, <laughs> the defensive end room looks interesting. <laughs> like you know, the game of the offseason you lost Jared versus obviously you know that was going to happen. He was not yeah. coming back another year. He's going to be a top you know fifteen pick in the draft probably maybe top ten. And you, you, you had Patrick Payton for a second. Patrick Payton too, was yeah. in the portal. He came back out. So that's been a common theme. DJ Lundy joins Patrick Payton and um, Farmer. Farmer, and, and there's one more player that I cannot think of his name right now, but yes. Who have entered the portal yes. and come back. Maybe it was a tight end. Um, I can't remember. But, um, yeah, you've mm-hmm. seen players flirt with the portal, come back, flirt with the portal. Patrick Payton started off. Josh Farmer continued off. And DJ Lundy did now. So I'm guessing we'll get you know someone else going to the portal in a little bit. Right. And come back because mm-hmm. that's just been a theme this offseason. Yeah. But, um. 
So that defensive end room, like, you know, you have Patrick Payton as the only lone returner. I think um, Gilbert Edmond entered, so he's gone as well one year after playing one year here. Um, but you have um, you know, Patrick Payton on one side, Marvin Jones Jr. on the other side. Mm-hmm. Then you have, um, you know, the guy, um, Tommy Iwa, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, Sion from Morgan State. You have right. some a deep room again. You have some of the younger players and, um, you know, Byron Jones Jr. and a couple other players who could be impact players. The defensive end room, through all this portal work, has gone back to a strength. The defensive line, you know, with Farmer and um, with Daryl Jackson, who looked pretty decent in the bowl game, first yeah. action of the year, um, has a lot of talent. You have other players behind him, Jane Jones, you know, who tweeted out an interesting tweet, cryptic tweet. Yeah. It's crypt- cryptic tweet season more than anything else. Um, you know, that's what the offseason is, cryptic tweet season. Yeah, you got to love it cryptic tweets yeah so um but we'll see what that means if that means anything mm-hmm. could be nothing you know he could tweet it out mike norvell could be on the phone with him five minutes later like hey don't worry you're good you're good jane jones ultra talented defensive end yeah. from, you know coming out of um didn't play much this year because of an injury um but ultra talented defensive end another player who could make an impact next year mm-hmm. so the defensive side of the you know we talked a little bit about the um the lack of the linebackers, but the defensive line looks to be a strength again next year. Right, and they were extremely busy in the portal this year. I mean, they brought four guys on the defensive line um, just in general. Like, this was like, the room constantly writing these stories over and over again. We always felt like we were writing up the defensive line. They And they, they again, they look very, very strong. I think with defensive back, Florida State's always going to be a university that's going to bring in defensive backs, and even then – there aren't going to be a lot of guys leaving at that position either. No, I mean, um, you, lose, mm-hmm. you lose Jarian Jones, Bernardo Green, but you have some talent in, mm-hmm. um, it looks like Central Cyprus yes. is coming back. Um, that's a huge player to get back. Veteran leadership, um, great person to talk to. Um, you have um, um, Azaria Thomas, who was really good at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. You have um, just Shaheen Brown is back. Um mm-hmm. Have a ton of you know, um, just a ton of talent back there. Um, mm. You add uh, in the portal, in the not portal, sorry, in the recruiting class. You added some very Kai Bates, um, Charles Lester. Charles Lester is obviously elite. Jamari Howard, yes, and then um, Ricky Knight, yes, mm. who is a little bit of a wild card or the lower rated guy, but someone mm. who has a ton of potential. Mm. So you have a ton of talent in defensive back room. So. That's going to be another group that's going to be young. It's, we're going to see some, like, you know, um, some early struggles probably from here and there. They have enough veteran leadership. that, But that room could be a strength right in the season as well. Just the talent they have coming back. You know, Conrad Hussey, um, Ashton Barker, who, you know, I mentioned earlier, someone I was really like watching play this year. He progressed a lot. But, yeah, so there's a ton of talent in defensive back room. Quindarius Jones, like, you know, showed off, pra- showed out and practiced a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another room that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. A little bit like you do getting Fentrell Cypress is huge for that room, getting him back because you do have a ton of you know good talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at um, you know, offensive line, most of the room returns. I think the only person they lost was Bless Harris, I believe, entered the portal. Is yes. that correct? Uh, only significant player. tracker, <laughs> only significant player. Like, not trying to discredit anyone, but Bless Harris is the most significant one. It has Thomas Schrader left with Schrader. Yeah, as you mentioned. And- Quijon yeah. Sap, too, yeah, as you mentioned. And Dr. Richardson, yeah. but, like, you know. Significant, yeah, as you mentioned, yeah. But. Yeah, so Bless Harris is the biggest one. And obviously, look at the, not knock, but look at the destinations. TCU for, um, you know, 
Bless Harris. That's a significant yeah, school. Yeah, versus Louisiana Monroe and FAU and App State. And App State. App State isn't bad, but, yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. Schedule in Michigan. Cowards. <laughs> you can... Yeah. <laughs> you, you can, it writes its own self out. They yeah. I really have to, don't have to explain it. Yeah, no. Beyond so, that. But, yeah, no. And then um, Goldie Lawrence, you know, transferred up. You know, we looked at the offensive line. Um, running back is a concern for me. I know they have a ton of talent, um, but Lawrence Sofili is not that your typical in-between tackles runner. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodney Hill's gone. Trey Benson's gone. CJ Campbell's gone. Kaziah mm-hmm. Holmes had success, you know, in his limited snaps, but it was not yeah. like a feature role. Um, Again, it's kind of about the veteranship, too, a little bit more in that position. Like, similar linebacker as well where, yeah, Lawrence Tofili is, like, is the veteran guy, but like you said, he's not, like, a traditional running back, and then you kind of have just – younger guys behind him yeah i mean and a player i expect to play a lot is cam davis mm-hmm. the local product i don't expect to see danzy play a lot this coming year mm-hmm. i think i mean from when i last saw him he's got to put on a lot of weight to play he's the got zone. he's got to put on a lot of weight and muscle and he is he's a track kid as well so it, 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 it kind of it conflicts a little but and i think he should be healthy by then he is dealing with an uh, uh injury i can't remember what it is specifically but um something with a thigh injury like a blood clot i think it was um and he could have come back. I think there was a chance that they didn't want to risk They didn't want to push anything, yeah, because he still has a track season that he needs to finish up to in high school. Ultra-talented player. Yeah. But the running back room has to, like, don't get me wrong, has a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. But it's an unproven room, so there's concerns because, like, it's one thing to see the talent do something in a – you know, but what, what happens when Keziah Holmes gets a carry – on a third and – like or second and medium mm-hmm. in a big game in a loud, loud stadium, like – What's going to happen? Is he going to be able to hold on to the ball? Is he going like, to have struggles? So is he going to be able to catch a ball like, you know, out of the backfield? Lawrence Stofili, we know his limitations. He's a really good player. But there's a reason that he's coming back as a redshirt senior. You don't see a lot of redshirt senior running backs. Right, you know? right. He has his limitations. He's a very good player, but lim- his has his limitations. So uh, obviously we talked about DJU being a quarterback. That raises the ceiling of the room. But we've also seen DJU struggle in the ACC. That is true, yeah. So um, – I do worry about the floor a little bit for that team. Then behind him, you have Brock Lynn, who very talented player, very good player, very um, you know has a ton of talent. But the two games you've seen, the sample size you've seen from him, you do not. You really do hope that you don't have to throw him in the fire again. Right, right. You don't want to throw in. Um, you know, your goal be a, you're hoping you redshirt um, Crumman Huck. Yeah, um, and then you have two. You know. <laughs> Two walk-ons that are probably not going to see the field. Yeah, um, Florida State was very lucky then to put either of them in the bowl game. Yeah, they, they got very close, but they did not have to not play. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, um, it is a um, interesting room. I'm not going to go into details, but I think uh, like um, I told when we did the preview in the off season, like um, in the preseason, um, Jack's like, yeah, these two quarterbacks can factor in. I'm like, Jack. Unless there's something catastrophic happens, these two are not going to be getting into a game. And oh my god, we just, we almost got to that level. There was yeah, this it got it, it got uncomfortably close. Yes. to that the fact that that Michael Grant, who I covered in high when I was covering preps, who was a walk on, was two injuries away from playing. Is 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 concerning? It is. Yes. And then after that, if something happened, who the hell knows what would have happened? Well, I think I got a call before the game that I was <laughs> I was the fourth string. Court, I was the emergency quarterback. 
Um, you do not want to see that FSU fans. Like you were the emergency emergency quarterback. I was the emergency emergency quarterback, and then they're gonna go to Tom D'Angelo <laughs> from the Palm Beach Post. <laughs> um, oh so my God. it was it was concerning times at the quarterback room. <laughs> But no, I think I think you would have seen Deuce Span in all seriousness. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Someone who played Deuce Span, Jakai Douglas, Jukai, did yeah. some um, Wildcat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's guys who have had some sort of experience yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. Not, they're, like, they're not going to me. I don't. No, worry. they're not just yet. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, wide then the wide receiver room. I think we go back to um, once again the same thing with the linebackers and the running backs. Is um, yeah, there's a ton of talent. You know, Hiking Williams, Destin Hill, um, Kentron, Kentron. Um, who can't stay healthy, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Darian Williamson, same thing. Deuce Span, same thing. Like, you know, you have veteran, some good veterans who cannot stay healthy. Yeah. And you have a ton of exploding talent in um, Heike Williams, Destin Hill, um, some of the guys coming in. Ja'Kai's coming back, right? Or yeah, Ja'Kai's coming back. Yeah, yeah. But he's also struggling with injuries. So yeah, yeah. Put, you know, mm-hmm. never put together a str- str- like a, oh, wow, this is the number one receiver. And he's kind of small, so he's not a number one receiver anyways. Mm-hmm. He's someone that's going to excel more in the slot. Right, right. Um, so on the outside. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, you have you know, um, Goldie Lawrence, obviously mentioned left. Um, mm-hmm. But you added some speed. One in um, Malik Benson. <laughs> and then um, um, Jalen Brown is another player that's very interesting. Cutting from LSU, I think he has a... Oh, I typed in Jalen Brown and the wrong Jalen Brown came up. <laughs> Um, not the Celtics player, guys. Sorry. That would be a great addition. If they had the Celtics player, I don't know how much football he's played in his life, but, um, damn, that'd be a good add. He didn't really, he didn't play a lot too much at LSU, but he had, he put in a lot of, um, put in some very impressive high school stats. 2,300 yards, 11, 111 receptions, 25 touchdowns, and then, you know, some pump return work, too. Yeah, so it's another talented player, but once again, like we mentioned, you know, like, it's a lot of unproven talent. So, um, it, it, it's a very, very, I don't think a lot of people have wanted to come to this conversation yet, but it's a very, very steep drop off when you went from Keon and Johnny and now to here. That's a, that's a steep drop. It's a steep drop off. Yeah. But if you look at it also, like Kaiki Williams could become that player, like the Johnny Wilson. He could, player. yeah. Um, you know, you have, um, Kentron could, like, you know, if he stays healthy, he's not. I don't want to say he's a Keon level, but, you know. His height, similar height. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Destin Hill has a yeah. ton, of talent, ton of talent. FSU mm-hmm. has some good freshmen coming in with some talent. Um, you know, I think FSU really thought they had Jeremiah Smith in the bag. <laughs> and um, something else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, they end up, I think, finishing third in this. But Jeremiah Smith, adding him, like, that's a guy you could go in like, and risk being younger. Who was second in that? Miami. Oh, well, they probably have the money. The NIL. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, it's. So I I like what they've done. I I still do wonder if the right guy came out like you know Evan Stewart guy. I don't think there was an interest because there's some other stuff going on with Evan Stewart. Uh huh. But um, I wonder if it made sense if he would have been a good fit because like that would have been a oh this is our true number one guy let's go you know mm-hmm. so it could have been interesting but at the end of the day, ton of talent. Um, I think that's just true of this FSU team in 2024 is a ton of talent, but a lot of it's got to be proven in the field because it has not been there yet, you know, but hey, you rather have the talent than try, and try to figure it out. Right. You, you don't want to, yeah, yeah, you have, you have room to, it's good to have room to work rather than having nothing to work on at all. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a very talented team. Yeah. Um, 
Um, just, I think we mentioned this earlier. Do you have a player that you really like so far in addition to the portal? I like a lot. I honestly, I'm gonna, I'm probably just gonna, I'm kind of be gonna go with the fans on this and stuff like that a little bit more. It's DJU. I mean, it, it's it's just exciting to get a name into the pro program in general. And I think it's going to be – I think a lot of fans were worried about the drop-off after Jordan getting injured and then having to watch Tate and then Tate leaving and then watching Brock and being like, well, what's going to happen next after it? And that, it's, it's, it's a quarterback that did struggle in the ACC a little bit more, but we did see kind of his, if you want to call it, comeback tour a little bit against with Oregon State as well. Um, a better conference to be, you know. Yeah, it honestly, it was a great conference, and it, they just said no. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. I guess they just said no. We don't want to do this anymore. Oregon State's going to play in the. A lot of reason why DJ and Cam Ward, I believe, left is because those are Mountain West teams now. Um, but uh, yes, this is a quarterback that does have some things that he needs to clean up. It's a quarterback that throws the ball a lot. It doesn't mean it lands a lot where it needs to be but at the same time there's a lot of excitement coming in that you have another veteran quarterback it gives some hope that fsu maybe not be able to pick up exactly where it left off when jordan travis was injured but be able to find a spot in kind of that range and pick up a little bit more as we mentioned there's work to be done and kind of units around it but this is a big piece that is going to show that there isn't so much of a drop off at quarterback anymore and that kind of excites me a little bit more saying like okay there is some of this hype is still left yeah, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you. I think mm-hmm. um, DJU, if we talk about, raises the ceiling of the team because mm-hmm. you're looking at a program without with Tate Rodemaker's a starter or Brock Lund's a starter, mm-hmm. where people are not as like, oh, I want to go play for Florida State. DJU raises your ceiling, right? Gets people excited about going to play for Florida State. You know, um, that's where people are talking about like, I want to go play over there because your ceiling is higher because uh or your, and your floor is higher too because mm-hmm. you're not looking at like you know realistically if brock lynn's starting next year you're looking at a team that could be fighting for bowl eligibility to seven eight wins especially if you don't add these other transfer guys mm-hmm. dju keeps you back especially in a 12 team playoff puts you back in the conversation of the playoffs so i think it's a good addition that way um i think yeah i think shout out to marvin jones for being second place for that one <laughs> Because I think he's an elite talent coming out of high school, Mm -hmm. dealt with some injuries, but is an elite talent nonetheless, can do some things um, if he has the opportunity. So it's going to be a fun player to watch. Uh, he, he definitely could make some bank in the city as well, being a legacy player too. Oh, definitely. I think, I think that's I, always, especially that's always. sharing his name as well, um, his father's name. So, I mean, that that's, a, yeah, again, another exciting piece being brought in as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to make a switch up to basketball here. Yeah, new year, new um, seminal. Honestly, basketball. Honestly, ever, know? honestly, ever since, like, I think it's, yeah, it's ever since the calendar switched up here, we've seen three straight wins now from Florida State men's basketball. And they, I mean, um, you know, you can say what you want about Georgia Tech. It's it's a win's a win and stuff like that. And Virginia Tech is playing a little bit towards middle bottom of the pack as well. But they came off of a win over Wake Forest that Essen was at. Um, was able to cover that game there. Um, eighty seven eighty two was the final kind of coming down to the end a lot. That's I think one thing that FSU one of the few things. Oh my that God. FSU needs to. Whoa, what? Yes. Yeah, you, you guys are getting a live reaction of that. Holy cow. I'm trying not to swear here. You can announce it. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I, I think I've talked about this. Whoa. You know. Nick Saban is, um, according to ESPN, is retiring. So switching back to... Um, hold on. 
All right. No, that's that's insane. Yeah, no, that's, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Join us for breaking news. Um, holy crap. He just informed the team that he's retiring. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, uh, basketball. So Lane Kiffin to... Um, <laughs> I mean, holy crap, that's a... <laughs> That's that's, big. that's a big deal. I don't like. <laughs> that's like the um. It's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is a pay, like. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll go back to basketball in a second. But oh my god, I think we need to digest this for a second. This is um. I mean, this is a guy that you could argue. You could argue, not saying he should be. That could be on the Mount Rushmore of like all time college football coaches. Well, I mean, I think you could put him on the all time for any co- coach period. Truly, True. I mean, he is he is the greatest college football coach of all time. Like you know what he did, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he won a championship at LSU, mm-hmm. went to um, Alabama, and did, you know, um, no, um, yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk. We're gonna. <laughs> this is like, this is like um, earth shattering, changing for college football. No, this is- what you can see is, um, we talked about the transfer portal earlier. This could be a seismic shift in the portal because. Um, you can see players leaving depending on who Alabama hires or what happens, but no, Nick Saban, like, we'll get back to basketball in a second, but... You could argue that this is the, this was the last legacy coach left in college football. Like, like I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to rack my head around it right now about there really isn't, because they've all either retired and stuff like that, there really isn't a coach who really is, you could argue Kirby Smart's kind of doing it with Georgia, but there really hasn't been a coach still left in college football coaching right now that is done what he's done I, and i know fsu fans are probably hating hearing this right now but like like this i mean nick saban's up there with like bobby bowden and steve spurrier and bear I mean, bryant I, I think he's above them like he's with bear bryant like that's a, he's all up in that i mean you would say remember as well but like just a coach that just one of those coaches names that you'll say to anybody and they recognize like yes mike norvell is a big name but you're not <laughs> he's essence tweeting about it right now yeah mike norvell is a name that is you know has been very successful here as well but it's not a name like when you go up and you say oh that's that's nick saban and stuff like that that's it's crazy that that just came, came out of the blue too it, it truly i don't think anybody was expecting that i mean so um we could say that someone from um um someone me- message board genius posted something today about, you know, like, they're going to have a meeting at 4 o'clock. Message and, Orange. Um, message where Genius gets a shout-out. Like, what? This has been... But no, I mean, like, today's been a seismic day for um, coaching. <laughs> the notifications on my phone is the first one's from ESPN about Nick Saban, and the second one is about Chris Christie suspending his presidential campaign. <laughs> so, oh, uh, my God. They do things, they, things happen in threes, right? You know, um, oh God. Pete so what's Carroll. Next? Oh, Pete yes, Carroll retired. Like, not retired, but he stepped, like, um... With the news is that he was coming out. Was so, he fired or is he stepping down? I, 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 I'm guessing it's going to come out as a mutual part anyway, just because the respect yeah, they have for him later. Usually, yeah, usually how it goes. But um, yeah, no. Um, wow, <laughs> that's ins- that's wild. No, um, we will get back to basketball I, in a second. I, I, I but mean, I just need to. Well, I mean, Essen is somebody who lived and has parents that live in tuscaloosa i mean i mean and you went i know this isn't a huge impact on like you you know your alma mater and stuff like just you yourself from what you came from there because i know you don't talk too much about your alma mater but i mean this has a significant impact on tuscaloosa no i mean um i'm gonna go back um to nick saban took over i think i want to say 2008 2007 2008 if you go to tuscaloosa it's a different city than it, it is you know what it was like all that time, Alabama went from like a school that was like predominantly in-state 
to now it's become a predominantly um, like I think it was the lot when I got was still there it was fifty one percent out of state like you know people at the school. Hmm. I mean, it's. I'm trying to look for the right gift to send to my friends. It's the one of SpongeBob, like running around, everything's on fire in his brain. Yeah. Nick Kelly from Tuscaloosa News, part of the network, um, has a story up. Um, fire. <laughs> Nick Saban retires as Alabama football coach after historic, unparalleled career. I'm texting my friends right now. I just know my friend that covers Auburn is completely swamped right now. Yeah, no, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's not happy. She's working. She's a lot to cover right now. She's she's busy, but yeah, this this she's probably six national championships swamped. with Alabama since she took over in two thousand seven. Set um he got one at LSU before he went to Alabama before he went to NFL. Right. So um, no other coaches won more in the college history of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, he changed the game. Yeah, I mean that. I mean. And yeah. then the assistant coaches he has everywhere spread out through college football. Like, it's crazy. And they're winning, like, at a high, high level. I mean, you get Kirby Smart was an assistant, right? His Kirby Smart was an assistant. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Like, I think that's one of the things that I, like, um, watching Nick Saban from, like, you know, I admired the most. It's, I promise we'll go back to FSU. Just, yeah, just, we'll, like, you know, we'll wrap it up here quick. <laughs> but um, one of the things I admired the most is, like, you know, just his ability to, like, the college game he saw changing. Mm-hmm. Before there was a, you know, Mike Norvell became a big-time coach, you saw Nick Saban go get to Lane Kiffin and completely change his offense to cater for this new era of, the, you know, of the spread offense of throwing the ball around. And um, it's truly nuts. Um Part of me as being a Dolphins fan also can't stand him. But, you know, that's a, besides the point. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, 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 all, it's all crazy, and we're probably going to be talking about this for days and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, let's get back to the basketball Yeah, team. no, sorry. There's also a lot of text <laughs> no, messages. No, it just came in, and everybody's texting us now. And um, the people in the newsroom are talking about Chris Christie leaving the presidential race because they're the – it's the news people right now. I don't know if they know what's going on right now, but anyway, um, yeah, FSU you picked up a big win over Wake Forest, you were there. Also, too. Nick Saban's anything your presidential? No, <laughs> no, no, gosh, um, no, but, um, can't do that today. Um, but yeah, FSU, uh, Wake Forest, big. That was was that Q one? Well, I have it right here. Quadrant two win. Um, Q2 huge win. Yeah, huge win. Yeah, um, ACC leader as well. Yeah, so they are. Um, think. Pete Dammel just sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you gotta Um Oh well let's relate this to um Um FSU. In fact Is Mike Norville on that list? Yeah he is. He put out a a Pete Thamel put out a list of likely targets for it and Mike Norvell's on that. These are the who's who's of this list, you know, like um Dan Lenning, Oregon coach, James who's um Franklin. two years had great success over there. Kalen DeBoer led Washington, I think, his third, fourth season to the yeah, national he's championship. Not been there that long. Um, Dabo Sweeney, obviously, Alabama, um, you know, former Alabama player, coach at um, Saban, um, James Franklin, coach at Penn State. The Penn yes, State, yeah, yes, Penn State. Yes. Mike Norvell, I think, you, I think FSU fans know who that is. Yeah, Central Arkansas head coach. No, 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 no. You know, Memphis, like Memphis, Memphis, Memphis Mike. Memphis Mike. <laughs> Memphis Mike. <laughs> and then Marcus Freeman, who's the Notre Dame coach, who's had a lot of success over there as well. Yeah. So those are who's who's, um, you know, all come with complications and big buyouts. But I'm sorry. Um, if Mike Norvell's doing great things at Florida State, but you have unlimited resources at Alabama. 
this is bull. I mean, if listen, I have not lived over there, but from what I hear, uh, this is like this is probably the most important position in the state of Alabama next to the governor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So if you're coming at coming at with well, I'll just asking like some of the resources, but also money they will throw at their head that head coach position i don't know how you say no to that yeah yeah no for sure that's wild i don't know but there's also a lot of pressure too on who they're gonna hire as well definitely all right sorry guys bright um brief pause there the nick saving news pete dammel mentioned norvell so um part of our job is we the theme of this episode was just like how um crazy our job is sometimes so we had to get out of there ridiculous get a quick story up and um, we're back. Um, basketball. Back yeah. to basketball. Oh, it's a game you covered. Wake Forest. Do you want to talk about that? That was a long-ass time ago. <laughs> yes. It was 24 hours ago. But, yeah, Wake Forest is a big win. Well, that was a huge win. You know, Quadrant 2 win. Um, Florida State is 10-6 and six now. 3-1 in ACC. NC State and UNC played tonight at 8 o'clock. Um, tonight. I'm saying tonight. But um, when, um, Wednesday evening. Um, so Florida State could wake up. Well, they will wake up in second place by them, like you know, tied for second place. Right. With um, the aforementioned Wake Forest and the loser of this game, mm-hmm. so it's early. We're only four games in, and um, Florida State has lost their only road ACC matchup to NUNC. Well, game they led for majority of it, and it was, it was, and they choked it away. It was kind of odd because it was it's an ACC game that's kind of set. It was kind of like isolated on its own because there was it was kind of surrounded by a bunch of non conference games, and there just so happens to be an ACC game popping up right there. And now we're actually seeing them get into the thick of ACC play now. So they're playing a true ACC schedule, and they now. suffered a um, pretty significant injury in that game as well, if I remember. Um... I know there was an injury. I can't. Um, well, Jack looks it up. Yeah, no. Um, so the UNC loss was earned this season. They have seemed to correct Cameron something. Fletcher. Cameron Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, um, Angel Reese was at the game, I believe. LSU star. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, that's unfortunate for yeah. you know. But yeah, um, her, her, yeah. speaking of talent, I would love to watch her play. I, I wish FSU played LSU this year, but or Iowa or South Carolina. Or uh, yeah, yeah, no, it'd be fun to watch. I mean, we're gonna we get to we're that in a second. The in the second. We're gonna get to that in a second, but a little bit longer. Yeah. Yes, yes, but um, no. Um, so huge win over um, Wake Forest. You know, um, they played eleven guys. All eleven guys scored. I think a Jack game Jack scored against Virginia Tech. 11 guys played and 10 scored. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a scoring by committee where the you know where Hamilton's happy winning it up. But uh, there's a clear leader by committee in Jameer Watkins, 19 points and a career high nine assists. His previous career high was eight. Um, and then before that, I looked up the um, VCU numbers. His career high before that was three, Jack. For? For assists. It's, yeah, that's insane. I it's mean, insane. Um, Darren Green tied his career high with five steals. Um, they turned the ball over. They, Wake Forest is a solid team, a very good team. They forced them to turn the ball over 20 times, had just 11 assists, compared to like when they played Miami. They had 14 assists, 10 turnovers. They averaged 10, point, 10 turnovers a game during conference play, 9 during the season. So it's a team that does not turn the ball over a ton. Mm-hmm. And Florida State sped them up. They made them dribble into them, like into double teams, dribble in. Um, and just their full-court press defense really worked. And we've seen that, you know, with more players than last year. I mean, I think that's one thing to note is Florida State's at 9 wins this year. Right. Um, yesterday was what January seventh, January ninth. Mm-hmm. Last year they got their ninth win on February twenty fourth, twenty fifth, on a game winning shot in Miami. Matthew Cleveland. Oh my god! Um, in the 
in remarkable comeback, but still, like Feb, like that's a that's a world of difference. That's a month and a half difference of like you know when they got their ninth win. It's it's, it's funny too because I think in less than a week they are back there with Matthew Cleveland, not not with him on the team, but on the other side, he will be with the Miami. Yeah, yeah. So days. it's kind of crazy, like um, how it's come full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, full circle counts. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's kind of interesting to see. There's a lot of parallels happening, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of interesting, um, you know. it's We'll see how Florida State... I mean, they played a seven-game homestead and went five and two. Their two losses, one was a really, really bad loss to um, Lipscomb. Yeah. Um, But they had... And another loss at SMU, which was a quad two loss. It's not as bad. Yeah, it's... There's been some... I mean, when you want to talk about the quad losses, I mean... There's a bad, bad, the really bad South Florida loss at a neutral site. There's the, there's the bad Georgia loss and that Q three loss too. I don't want to talk about the Georgia. The game, Georgia okay? game's very traumatic. Um, but I mean, having a good, having a three and one record in Q two is not bad at all. As you mentioned, the SMU loss one and two in quad one. That UNC game, like we mentioned, you know, an eight point loss, but they competed well in that game. Yeah, and we might be seeing a, a whole. Uh, this is a this part of the season that we're getting into is a whole different part than what it was before considering how well they were playing so we might be able to see them turn a handful of these numbers down the way if they continue playing well and stuff like that and they do have some challenges coming up I mean in Notre Dame it's a road game Notre Dame isn't great but it's it's a true road game and you have Miami and then you come home against a decent Clemson team ranked 21st in the country right now that would be it is a Q1 game there's two Q1 games coming up three if you look at the schedule like you know you have Oh, um, in the next what? Several uh, through the end of the month. Yes, twenty seventh. You have three Q one games, one Q two game. So, um, you know Notre Dame is a Q quadrant three game, mm-hmm. but it's a road game nonetheless. Florida State, you know, needs to prove they win on the road against anyone. Right. Not just right. Not just a quad one, quad two, yeah. a quad twenty six game. There's no quad twenty six. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, like yeah. they got to prove they got they could win that game. Oh, it's it's also just hilarious to see a power five school. Louisville is a quad four team, ranked 263rd in the country. <laughs> oh, God. At least, you know, you could say at least they're not Louisville, even if they lose the rest of the games this season. They're not what? At least Florida State could say they're not Louisville. That is true, those... that is true. They aren't, they aren't that. But... but no, um, yeah, so going back to that, you know, um, great win. I think Jack's going to have a feature about just, like, you know, getting guys healthy. Jalen Ganey's back. Um, obviously, losing Clement Fletcher, like, imagine where this team could be with one more guard. Yeah, yeah, Cameron Fletcher, but, but they have a ton of talent. Um, you know, Taylor Bowl Bowen, the freshman, has been g- coming on. Um, Baba Miller scored a career high 14 points yesterday. He had three blocks, which tied a career high. Um, Darren Green is as good as a shooter in the country. Right. Um, so there's a t- there's talent on the team that we have seen. Let no time they can coach. Um, you know, we've seen that for years. So it's a team that can do a lot, and we'll see what they can. You know. How they fare the rest of the season? Obviously, um, a big game Saturday against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I think is Miami Tuesday. It should be. Um, can you pull that back up? Again? Sorry. Seventeenth yeah. um, would be um, week from today, yeah, so Wednesday. Wednesday. And then they play Clemson on the twentieth. On the twentieth, and then yeah, so um, very interesting. That um, you know they win. Running that schedule, you know, away at Miami on the next Wednesday. At home against Clemson, away at Syracuse, and then at home against UNC on the twenty seventh. Mm. No, it's it's a busy, it's an important January for them. Um, and then they get a nice little break with Louisville. 
Yeah, yeah they had the real nice break of Louisville. I didn't realize how good Boston College was this year. Well, they seventy fifth and a Q one team. Yeah, that's because it's a road game war. Yeah, they get credit, but yeah, no. Um, so definitely, you know, you start February off with um, was that Boston College Q one Virginia at home Q two. Um, Virginia Tech and Duke back-to-back Q2, Q1s and then Boston College Q2. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's nice to see they're 3-0, um, 3-1 ACC play, second place overall. Um, be tied for second later with some really good teams, so it's going to be a test coming up. But, no, they have some talent. It's just um, we'll see late-game execution needs to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Virginia Tech, they almost blew it. Yesterday, they had a 10-point lead late and then gave up a couple of threes, and they came storming um, – Wake Forest came storming back, so – They just need to work – they really need to work on closing. That's been an issue. But um, one thing that was um, encouraging yesterday, 24 of 30 from the free throw line, you know, um, Leonard Hamilton mentioned after the Virginia Tech game when they shot 62% mm-hmm. from the free throw line that it was something that they emphasized in practice. Right. They were not thrilled with the shooting. So they got back in the gym. Um, you know, um, Jimmy Rothian said that, you know – Hamilton talked a lot about a lot about it, and they got back out there and started doing more of it, worked on practice a little bit more, and it paid off. Twenty four of thirty, Jameer Watkins eleven of eleven shooting. Yeah, that's amazing. It's to, in clutch situation like as Ian Leonard said, it's an individual thing. Like you know, you go up there, and um, all eyes are on you. It's not like you know anything else. All eyes are on you watching you do this. So great job on that. Um, they have some key games coming up. Obviously, we won't be at the Notre Dame game. We won't be at the Miami game. We'll be at but we'll be at Clemson, Clemson on the 20th, which is, um, you know, 10 days from today. And then North Carolina on the 27th. And a week later, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think um, I was reading FSU after that seven-game homestead. There's seven home games left, concluding with the season finale against Miami at home on all the way on March 9th, which when, by then, Jack, we'll have softball and baseball cranking up as well. More chaos. More chaos. Great. Yeah. Oh, don't forget the spring game as well. Like, you know, spring practices. <laughs> not, don't worry. I'm not mentally there yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, I just want to give you mental anguish. Um, Jack, you're working on a feature in men's basketball. I'm going <laughs> to... You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. You know, just you talked to Hamilton today. You talked to Jalen Ganey today. Um, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, it's just... It's, it's a mixture of kind of embracing the uncomfortable when it comes to this team. Um, obviously, Jalen Ganey, it's about physical discomfort right now. He's on his – he's back, but um, his knee's not 100%, and um, he's still playing, you know, really well. And he's mentioned, too, that it's been kind of uncomfortable and a little nerve-wracking to get out there with the knee and stuff like that. I mean, he was out forever. Um, I think he was out for over 600 days. I read from the, our, the press feature – press release feature that was sent to me from Chuck Walsh. Um, he's out for a very long time on this knee and stuff like that, but it's about, you know, he's a little bit uncomfortable, but he's playing on this knee now and he's seeing a lot of strides in his game. And then that kind of goes into the whole theme with the team about this whole system that they play 10 to 12 guys a night. And it's come into this place where Hamilton has had to really change this kid, these kids thought process. Cause they come from high schools and programs to where the high school, at high school, they would have, could have been the guy. Or they and would you have play, been, and yeah. we need a guy in high school. A lot of times you're playing 30, 35 you right. know, minutes. Like, I forget how long high school games are now. I've <laughs> covered high school in a while. And it's, um yeah, there's two to three guys on the team, and now it's 10 to 12 now. Everybody is playing. And, it's, and Hamilton talks about how it's about this identity change and stuff like that. And the, he's talked about how this is very similar to when he was at Miami. And, um, 
he had a Miami program that was made up of all new players, and they were playing in a conference in the Big East that had, you know, all these legendary programs, legendary coaches and stuff like that, and you have to find a way. Just it's a similar thing with the ACC, and just talk about this team too, is made up of a lot of transfers, and it's made up of a lot, made up a lot of transfers, and the guys that have been here are either freshmen and sophomores, and there really isn't a lot of those true seniors that have been here for a long time. So it's about adjusting with the uncomfortable, and Hamilton talked about how um, – just how uh, just how important that yeah. adjustment is and part of the program uh, is in adjusting okay <laughs> um, yeah. um, and all that. But, um, yeah, it should be interesting as well. And there's a lot going on just in the basketball world as well. Um, uh, women's team is finally coming home this week. They play North Carolina on Thursday. It's when been a while since they've been home. It's been a second. Um, when was the last home game? Jacket? I think it was Georgia Tech, which was it might have been two weeks ago. Um, last that was a full year ago. Huh? Oh my god, we can make that joke. Um, but they're coming home with North Carolina on Thursday, and then Sunday's a huge, 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 huge. Why is your? I have no idea why it's so, so, so small. Um, I have no idea what's going on here. Um, but um, they they play a huge game. These are two really big games. A big one's going to come up on Sunday, which you now you're not going to want to miss. They play play Virginia Tech, who is top. 15, I believe, right now in the country right now. Just got a win over North Carolina State. Um, Snapped their undefeated streak in Florida State. Had the chance to snap North Carolina's undefeated streak earlier that week. Um, uh, Just, they they looked like they ran out of gas in overtime. Tania Latson, Tania Latson, in uh, final seconds of regulation, drove to the net. I think she was either she was either looking to finish, draw the foul, and FSU was going to look up to clean up there. Just couldn't get it to the net in time. Um, no, like she couldn't get into the paint. That was what the thing was. They held her out to the arc. She had force a three. Um, so FSU's been battle tested. This team's been battle tested every year. Michaela Timpson. Michaela Timpson is a beast as well, too. Just defensively, she's one of the block leaders in the nation, too. She's one of the double double leaders in the nation as well. She's great. Just there's a lot of just great pieces on this team. Omaria Myra Gordon has been fantastic on this team as well. Sarah Bajetti's really finding her game now. This is a team that is gelling. And if you look at it, it's a team that you kind of look at it too. It's kind of funny. This is a team that's kind of about to just just it, you look like it, and they have to be at the brink of just exploding into success right now because you play UCLA, you play a competitive game against you play a competitive game against Stanford, you play a competitive game against North Carolina State, you beat Tennessee. I mean, this team is just if you could, they are as close as on the brink as they could be right now, and this team is right there. And I think the AP AP committee believes every week they are because even with a loss to North Carolina State, they moved up a spot from twenty two to twenty one. You know, they're 21, like you mentioned. UNC's 20, so that's a huge matchup. It's you tight, know, yeah. It's, it should be a good one tomorrow. Um, Jack will be covering that game, or today, whenever you guys <laughs> listen to this podcast. You know, um, we'll have it up tonight at some yeah. point, mm-hmm. um, Wednesday night. But Thursday morning, when you feel listening to this then, um, we'll have, you know, have Jack will have coverage of that game. It should be a good one. Um, like I told Jack earlier, I'm like, it's a game I wanted to cover, but at the same time, um, tomorrow's my birthday, and yes. um, the last three birthdays have been COVID. Um, that's not <laughs> Just, real. That's not real. Oh, you're – yeah, you're right. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I hate – That would not be that fast, but um, – I was like, Jesus, on three got, fast. On three got um, – um, a fake on three account got jacked pretty good just now that Steve Sarkeesian was leaving on – 
got to say this. The worst part of that is like why I'm reporting it. Yes, please, because <laughs> it's awful. Like, what are you doing? But anyways, um, so last three last three birthdays been I stuck in my room for COVID with COVID, um, dealing with a breakup, and then um, recently um, last year my dad had a health health care. So I just want a day if I could just relax on my birthday. So um, Jack's covering that game. But um, besides that, um, you know, number 20 UNC, it's going to be a great game. I'll probably be watching on TV while doing nothing else during the day. Um, just relax. But um, I'm, I'll, we'll both be at that game Sunday, um, Virginia yes. Tech at um, 1 p.m. Um, what's, her, what's that player's name? I, I want to make sure I get it right. I just love watching her play, the Virginia Tech player. Uh, I do not remember. I've not watched a lot of Virginia Tech. It's a good. They are a very, very good team, though. I did watch them push Iowa to the limit earlier this year, and really Elizabeth Kitley center Elizabeth Kitley. That's what it was. I mm-hmm. could not remember the name off the top of my head, but she is fun to watch play basketball. Um, I remember watching her last year um, when Florida State played her. Just supreme talent, can hit the ball, hit shots from all over the court. It's fun to watch individual talent, and in, you know any sport. Women's basketball is no exception. You know, um, Kitley's have. Um, has, is averaging 31... No, sorry, it's minutes per well, game. What? Oh. <laughs> 20.9 points per game. That's still crazy. 11.5 rebounds, and she has 31 blocks in 14 games. So that's what? Just over two blocks a game? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a talented, talented player. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I, I, yeah, it should be. And I mean, um, we have to talk about another player that's very close in... Um, making passing in milestones to Naya Watson. Um, she is 25 points off from... A thousand points as a sophomore, which is ridiculous. It's insane, and she's just a, just a talent in general as well. But I mean, which is crazy because um, she would have got that earlier, but she had some injuries last year. Um, you know, missed. She missed the first game this year, I believe. The opener. She did. Yes. She missed the opener this year and the last two games of the season last year, or last maybe three, four games because I think I don't think she played. She didn't play in the ACC tournament, and they got went to. I can't remember how far they went. And then they, they lost, lost in the first. Round. They lost in the first round to um, that pesky Georgia. Ball State beat them, the women's team this year, so it came back around. But, <laughs> um, but no, tonight is twenty five points away. Um, just talking about even two, just a twenty five point night is well in her range as well. Considering three out of the last four games she's played, she's put up thirty plus points. Um, the Clemson game was very strange. Um, FSU was leading for. They had 50 points down by halftime, and then Clemson stormed back and really made that a very close game. Lotson only had 15 points in that game. And I say only. Only. Right. That's only. insane. But just talking about, like... That's that's a quote-unquote off game for him. She had 15 points. I mean, like, you know, like, like 6 a, of 18 shooting, you know, an off game, quote-unquote. She had 30 in 40 minutes against um, um, NC State, number three team in the country. 30 against Wake Forest. 30 against Georgia Tech, um, 23, 22, 26, 18, 15, 14, 23 against Stanford, you know, 35 against Florida earlier this year. And that, oh, my God, that performance against Florida was ridiculous. put the the team on her back, yeah. We were watching another great women's team during that game. The Uh, soccer team. (laughs) The soccer team. And we're just watching um, tonight. And, like, um, you put it up on your phone at that point. And we were Mm -hmm. watching. It was just a... Ridiculous performance. He went 12 of 12 from the free throw line, you know. Um, shooting free throws, keys, get kids, practice at home. Just just her vision on the court is just extremely impressive, and her ability to finish is extremely impressive as well. She's The team around her has 
the team around her is impressive too. And I think she, she talked about it today. We got to talk to her on Zoom for a little bit today. Um, talked about it today as well. She's like, yeah, this is something I knew was, um, you know, a possibility coming into the season as well considering where my points are at but at the same time like most great players she talks more about the team and the aspect of wanting to win and stuff like that is more important than you know individual accolades and stuff like that but um we are still on a thousand point watch right now she she could pass it against unc um if she doesn't eclipse that she will I can almost put money down if she doesn't put it, get it in against UNC. She's gonna get it against Virginia Tech. I mean, I mean, um, Jackie makes it bigger. She's two rebounds away from two hundred career. Really? <laughs> and then um, two steals away, two blocks away. Like she might get like multiple, like just round numbers just she for might, fun. She might honestly. She's a fun, fun player. Um, <laughs> can argue she's my, the most fun player to watch on the FSUB. There's an argument for that. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I am trying to. I'm trying to think of everyone around there. I mean, got obviously Jordan Travis is gone now, but he was exciting to watch. Catherine um, Sandercox. Catherine Sandercox. I will uh, say Michaela. Michaela Edenfield is a lot of fun to watch. Yes, yeah, um, she is. So she's up there. She's way up there, mm-hmm. in like just the pure enjoyable players to watch. Jameer Watkins has put himself in that list quickly Oni, in a short time at FSU. Oni Ejikini, who won the Mac Herman for. Uh, women's soccer, college soccer MVP um, last week, which I'm still trying to... We're in the process of trying to set up an interview with her. She is currently with Juventus over in Italy, um, her pro team now, but... Um, Jordan really, Dudley? Jordan Studley. She's insane. You made that joke before I was going to get there, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's nuts. She's awesome. I love Jordan Dudley. She's a great player to watch. I mean, that whole soccer team was just crazy to watch. No, I mean, um, I think you mentioned it earlier, but if you just look at, like, you know, the women's basketball side again. Um, that's, that's not what I was looking for. Um, but just if you look at the women's, like, what, pull up their schedule on a better site than the team website. But um, I think um, for the most part, their losses have been to, like, extremely talented teams, like, very high-ranked teams. Mm-hmm. They have a win against number 11, Tennessee, which is huge. Lost number four, Stanford. A loss to number two, UCLA. And a loss to number three, NC State. And I think the only other loss was to St- Arkansas. Could, you could argue that was probably a hangover from the um, Stanford game where they just came out playing flat. That was their worst game of the season. But um, So they are one and three against ranked teams. So these next three, next um, two games are very important in that sense of like – they need to prove they can beat ranked teams as well. I mean, the Tennessee win is great. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee win was fantastic. It was like, you know, but also it's we are in a very what have you done for me lately kind of world. Yeah. So they do need to prove what they can compete against some of these elite programs. And Exactly. You know, they do have some better team, some good schedule games on their schedule, but um, this would be a good chance, you know, to – Prove what they are and what they can do, and it's it's gonna be important. Mm, absolutely, but that it these women's teams, I tell you guys, they're a lot a lot of fun to watch. Um, yes, the men's team is playing well, but this women's team is fun just all the time. I mean, I think um the ceiling for the women's team is um this is they are tournament team sweet sixteen right? sweet sixteen elite eight. I'm not sure they got to have a little bit more help of you know helping last and score of just getting different things to go their way. Timson's you know got to have a little more help down low. Um, Jack's gonna pull up the bracketology. I don't now. think it's moved since the last time I checked, but last time I checked, they are a five seed in the Bloomington Regional with uh, Indiana. Sorry, I don't like Indiana. Um, yes, they would play Stony Brook, which fun fact was 
10 minutes away from where I used to live in New York. Yeah, so they um, would be in India. Yeah, um, that would be – you have to be a top four seed. Obviously, some wins. Yeah. A win over Virginia Tech could move into a top four speed. They could switch spots with Indiana easily, who's a four Let's seed. See. Oop, they have Iowa. Okay, well, you can count that Indiana's it's going to lose one of their next two games. <laughs> so, yeah, they can easily flip-flop if they have a good weekend, a good week and a good weekend. Right. To become a hosting team because that would be two wins over ranked teams. A good week would put them right in the – you know, and last year they were in that cusp and they kind of fell apart. Late, obviously, it's still too early oh. because um, you have – um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jack got excited because he thought that ball state was in the bracketology. They them out. <laughs> but um, no, so. Um, Are you fucking kidding? Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, I could edit that part out. But um, um, yeah, no, um, I think a good week, a good weekend puts them squarely in a chance to contend for a home game. Yeah, a home, yeah, a home regional. Yeah. Home regional, which would be fun to watch because, you know. Oh, absolutely. I would love that. That'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, but the, like Leonard Hamilton told me today in our interview, don't you can't worry about March. You got to worry about Wednesday. So well, they um, got to worry about Thursday. You got to worry about, and then you have to worry about Thursday. You can't worry about how you want to play in June or May. What's going to happen there? Worry about what's next. Anyway, we're going to wrap up this chaotic podcast here. Oh my god, there's a lot going on there, you, guys. You can find everything at Knoll Sports at just about everywhere on Tallahassee.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow the podcast. I think I covered all the bases there. You can follow me at Jack G. Williams, Essence, Essence underscore Cassum. And that's about it. So we will see you on the other side. <laughs>